day to you, beloved listener, and welcome back to Oops, I Missed Church, the podcast. I took a little bit of a hiatus there for the holidays as I was able to travel home to Iowa to see all of my wonderful family, and now we're back in the swing of things. I was able to record a conversation last week, and it was the first conversation of 2022. It aired last Sunday, which was the 9th of January, and now I'm sharing it with you as a way to keep our podcast conversation archive rolling right along. So enjoy today's conversation with a dear friend of mine named Patrick Ferris. Patrick is a co-host on a poetry podcast called Imaginary Toads, which is under the Mystic Apes Media umbrella, which was started by my very dear friend William Chapel, and he recently became a father. I am so very excited for him and his lovely wife Vivian and their brand new precious baby boy. So, Thank you so much to Patrick for joining me this week. I encourage you to check out Imaginary Toads, as well as all the other Mystic 8 Media podcasts, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's another lovely Sunday here on Oops, I Missed Church. You're listening to KMZN Radio. And we've got our first guest of 2022, my dear friend, Patrick. Wow, I didn't know. Yeah. I was first guest. That's good. First, like, new guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last yeah, week great. I did, a, like, a just a kind of recap of the yeah. year. A gen, like I a just... Review. These years are blending together. I almost right? forget that it's really the year of early January. It's yeah. the very beginning of the year. Yeah, so. 2021 was quick. Well, every year is just getting quicker, it seems. But and then 21, the 2021 did feel particularly fast. Yeah. It's because Christmas was on a Saturday. So oh, is there, that why? So the rest of the year said, <laughs> forget <Screw> it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh, that makes sense. Well, yeah. man, Patrick and I have known each other for... Over a year now. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think I met you in the spring or f- maybe f- it either spring, the is, is spring of 2019 or yeah. fall of 2018. But it was yeah. in that, but it was no, in that year. No, I think it was 2018. That was I the first it, year I, I moved was. here. And we never really got to hang out much, but I met you briefly yeah. a time or two. Yeah. And then in 2019, I think we hung out a little more. Yeah, with Will. In that and spring and then... I don't remember when your parents were here. A few times. Well, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when Will had that, um, his showing, his art show. Yes. Oh, for, yeah. For uh, I don't adopted kids, abandoned adopted kids. Yeah, adopted kids, right? Abandoned children. Is that the name <laughs> of the band? Orphans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Former orphans. Yeah, that's the that's our new band. Yeah, man. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, so and then I think we hung out a little more in that. Uh, right in that period, and then and then yeah. Will started all the podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one of the co-hosts of Imaginary Toads. I am. Podcast, I am a brilliant poetry podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah. that's very kind. I love it. Do you- <laughs> I do really. I I think it's that's fun. Kind. And I I just I really enjoy your writing as well. And you also invited me to participate in a song that you wrote. Yes, one of many. That's and right. That was a such a 
pleasure. I mean, man. working with really. you was a treat. I'm you know, so for real. I mean, I, um, I mean, the unfortunate thing is, you know, balls were dropped and it didn't go anywhere. You know, but I right, think, but I, mean, but I was, I was just listening created. back to that song the other day and thought, man, oh, nice. you know, I don't even know what we were thinking, saying, having to redo it. I mean, because throughout the process, I think we. We did it a number of times and said, oh, what if we tried this? What if we tried this? What if we tried this? And I, I went back and re-listened to um, the kind of, I don't know if it was the first take, but the first reel said, okay, this is the, yeah. you know, the take. Um, and I thought, I mean, this is brilliant. It sounds great. Man. You know, I thought, I thought it was, I think it's very good. You know, I, it was such Thanks, a, dude. I, I think your work on it really made it for me in, in, in a lot of ways. So what an honor. Yeah. It was it was an honor. It was for so fun to play, man. To have you there, have you on? And it was like so fun to have something to participate in like right. that, you know? Because yep. I, I think that's my favorite thing about like collaboration and create creativity, is just the. I mean, I love to write a song by myself, but when you're doing it with others, there's just something magical about it. Yeah, and I totally, like, I totally agree. It's so cool. So well, there's awesome. something about just being with others, and. Yeah. And I think, especially if there's, you know, like mutual respect and mm-hmm. trust and we're, you know, moving in a direction, we, you know, everyone in the room wants the same outcome and yeah. there's something really magical that can happen. So, yeah, it's beautiful. And that's what we're doing right now, folks. That's are you? <laughs> that's right. With a conversation for yeah. your Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you go to church usually, Patrick? Yeah, so I actually have not. I have. Oops, I missed church for probably the last four years. Oh wow, yeah. ish. But so it's about how old the sh- the show's five <laughs> years old. <laughs> That's how, this show's actually what got me skipping. I just wow. had to, I, I was listening to the show and thought, oh, I guess I can't make church anymore. I got the. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, no, I mean, so I have been a part of. I've been leading a sort of. Um, a spiritual community outside of church, mm. outside of the uh, like a traditional congregational uh, yeah. Christian church. I've been leading a Christian community for probably like eleven years. Oh wow! So we meet weekly, and so when I stopped attending church, it really wasn't. I mean, I had spiritual community, so I was around, um, and I was also I was working for a um, like a religious organization at the time. I was hmm. working at Our Lady of the Lake um, Catholic University in their oh, okay. uh, religious... Pro- so anyway, I was like... Wh- so I, anyway, all of that is to say I have not been to the kind of to a traditional congregational church in like, yeah, maybe four years. I mean, that's... I've been on and off, you know, um, yeah. but not consistently to a you know place in four years. But I've been a part of these uh, spiritual communities for... Right. And in, in the, in the and that's something I think, time. But like with the name Oops, I Missed Church, I think there's a lot of Christians that have missed church in the way that they've missed how big it is, you know, or mm-hmm. like how much more it is than just our understood perception of like sure, a yeah. Sunday congregational yeah. gathering. Right, right. Which I think there's value in that and coming together with strangers and friends and singing and worshiping together. But it's so easy to do that in other settings, you know, or like, that's not something that has to be limited mm. to our kind mm. of narrowed down 
understanding of it, I guess. Yeah. You know? I, I know I'm the guest, but how have, how have you seen it? Um, how have you felt it succeed outside of a congregation? Like you're sharing these ideas. I just am interested. What has been your experience? Um, of like what you would say, this was a successful, you know, experience outside of a congregation. Mm. Well, I guess I think sort of like your spiritual community yeah. of, I think of times that I've gotten together with friends, maybe just to like create music even, sure, you know, sure. and maybe if it's not even necessarily directed as like worship songs, yeah. I think there's something to be said about music in general being a form of worship yeah, almost unintentionally by people, but you can do it in an intentional way of like, this might not be something where I'm singing the name of Christ or declaring the glory of God, but sure. I'm still participating in this vibration, you know, or like this creation sure. of these vibrating sounds that still yeah. can be like edifying to the reality of the divine and a loving creator, you know? And so I love making music with people as a form of church, sort of, whether they would consider themselves believers or not, mm. it's like, you're still participating in it and you don't even know, you know? And when you do do it with those that have the same, like the like-mindedness and mm -hmm. coming together in the same spirit of realizing, yeah, we are here to worship and glorify God. There is an extra, it's like a deeper level you can get to, I feel, you know, or just in the communal aspect yeah. of it where, you can all be on the same page realizing, yeah, we're here to worship, even though we're not inside the walls of a regular church, mm -hmm. you know. But that, too, is the like this idea of we are the church, you know, and this, this body that's ever-growing and ever-expanding, I feel, is it's been so limited by our kind of organized religion and structuring of this is how it has to be and this is how it has to look. Not yeah. to say that there's not value to like tradition and liturgy and things like well, that. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, in many ways, my like weird Christian community has outlasted a number of brick and mortar churches. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, there's a local church here in San Antonio that's rather large, and I remember a few years ago they were. I mean. More than a few years ago, right? At this point, it was more than, a, um, I don't remember exactly when, but they were uh, starting all of these new congregations. Hmm. Like satellite? Yeah, sort of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, satellite, um, satellite churches. And so, and I remember thinking in the, in the moment, you know, or I, I mean, not in the moment, but in the, um, they, they ended up closing the doors of those churches. Hmm. Um, and kind of regrouping into one church. And I realized that even in those places that my weird spiritual community had lasted twice as long as that brick and mortar. Hmm. And I, I, I've, I've thought a number of times, you know, why is that? You know, what's, what's happening here or what's the, um, you know, what, what is it that's going on here that causes, I mean, for this same group of people to meet together weekly for over 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that's a significant amount of time. Yeah. I mean, there's some factors, right? Like no one's moving or, you know, we, right. most of us, I mean, there's some kind of logistic factors. Um, many of us don't have children, right? So that changed. So there's mm. some, I mean, 
I mean, some of that's changing right now. Some now many of us do, but um, there's a there's there's something, but there's something else, right? There's some other drive that's um, that continues to attract. Um, I think a part of it is possibly a more intimate connectivity, you know, mm-hmm. where I think in these brick and mortar churches, so often it's so easy to get plugged in without really being connected, you know, mm-hmm. or to like go on Sunday and check it off the list. And it's like, yeah, I go, I say hello, I hug people or it's nice. But I think a lot of people that are involved in churches don't have much of a community with their church outside of Sunday morning, mm-hmm. you know, and that I think is what makes it easier for those to kind of fall to the wayside. I, I agree. In with a community like because you're what you are describing sounds more like a house church idea to me yeah of like it doesn't matter where we meet mm-hmm. but it's the same people and we're here to actually right. connect and know one another you know right and i will say actually one of the things that i've i'm just a huge proponent of this mm-hmm. in general right across the board i think it happens to play out in this sort of spiritual community um that we've been leading but but i actually think it plays into what you're saying about uh, about music or doing things together there's some there's a sense of participatory action yeah. that happens and there's a sort of co-creation that takes place that i mm. think is really powerful um yeah like way more involvement yeah there's a lot more of that yeah participatory involvement right like people are kind of doing things um there's i mean i think if you were to say if someone were to ask, like, who's the leader here, right? Mm-hmm. I'd probably be pointed to. But I don't think that's really how it is. I mean, at one point, I would say 90% of the people that were attending were leading. And there, we, yeah. I mean, we don't do sermons. We don't do, you know, like, the, the traditional structures, uh, uh, the, so the um, kind of Protestant liturgy, right, of mm-hmm. worship first, some announcements, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, and then you have offering plate. You know, I don't know. They're, they're all different, right? But like, yeah. there's, there's a there's a system, right? And there's a, a sort of a, a rote um, schedule yeah. for the service. And forty minute sermon. Everyone sits, and then you get up. You at some point, you know, depending on the congregation you're part of, maybe you get up and shake hands with people. You know, turn around and say hi to someone high you don't know. Somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. High five somebody you don't know. You know, there's there's these you know steps along the way. Um, we don't have any of that, right? right. And in in fact, and some of this is my leadership in the sense that I I again like I just I'm a, I'm a big fan of collaborative work. I'm a big fan of, um, creative work. I'm a big fan. So all of that stuff sort of plays out Mm -hmm. in what we do. Um, and in a way that I, I think draws a lot of, um, commitment from people in in a way that's not, um, direct, right. People aren't directly saying I am committed, you know, or I'm not having people sign memberships or I'm, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no sort of direct commitment. It's not like an obligatory thing. Right. Exactly. Because that's where I think, because I was involved with church my whole upbringing. And then I went to a ministry school in Florida to study like leading worship for Mm. a church so that if I wanted to, I could have gotten set up to like go work at some church or something. Yeah. But my year there, I kind of realized how much of my faith was rooted in obligation, you know, and me doing these things because I knew or saying things because I knew it was what they wanted to hear or 
it just felt it began to feel very inauthentic and i yep. was like whoa yeah. i don't want this to be yep. the way that i operate you know i don't want this to be something that's not genuine and real i want to be authentic in this you know yeah and i think my intention is to create a space that allows for that right yeah. i mean i think i mean there's obviously got to be some kind of like I don't even know. I want to say rules, but there's really not, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's a structure, right? So so we do have a structure. Right. You know, but but like I said, it's a lot of participation. I, like an example would be, right? So I know, for example, during the pandemic, we were trying to figure out, you know, things changed. We were no longer meeting in houses in the way that we were before. Mm-hmm. Um, typically what it would be was, you know, people are choosing to host. And so someone hosts one week, someone, someone else hosts a different week and we sort of had a rotating schedule of hosts. And every six months or so we'd either grow that rotating schedule or shrink it, you know, it just depended. Right. Yeah. Um, if somebody had a child, this happened, we would regularly host at their house so that they could put the baby down and still participate. You know, they were mm. like, it was really flexible in that sense. Right. Yeah. There was no real tie to a place. And, but when the pandemic happened, we were no longer doing that. Um, and so, we started trying to figure out different ways to um, to put things together, and I to um, to kind of stay involved with one another, and to stay um, sort of connected to the um, to what we were doing. And so, at one point, I decided we decided. I guess it was a group. I don't remember who initiated it, but um, but I started making these sort of like weekly readings for people Hmm. and so we'd we'd you know do something and then i would write poetry and prayers and different these sort of like uh and prayer exercises and things and then i would pass it off to someone else and they would write um like they would include a scripture and then they would you know and then someone else would come in and write 450 words like a blog post or something right and so and then we and then we and then i would publish it at the end of the week right so i would put it out for the community um and so Hmm. that anyone in our group could like follow along or be a, still be a part of the community, even though they weren't coming or they weren't, you know, or things had changed at home and they were no longer, you know, it's just, there was a lot of uncertainty. So there was, there are these creative ways that even in that, like I wasn't doing it alone, right? I was adding a part to it. Someone yeah. else was adding a part to it. Someone else would add a part to it, you know? And then in the end, there were a lot of people that were kind of, um, were benefiting from it and kind of, and, and wanting to be included in it and, and put their, and do different. So, I mean, that's a, that's a very specific example of how like the co- kind of collaborative yeah, work happened. Yeah, but just the but, flexible But every, that's the deal. Like everything yeah. was, you know, um, like I said, I mean, you have to have some kind of central, you know, a, um, accountability figure, right? Someone who mm-hmm. is uh, accountable for things if everything goes, if everything is flexible and no one's ever making decisions and no one's ever, you know, then yeah, there's a problem. But, goes you know, to chaos, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there has to be some sort of, and I just feel like, you know, again, maybe it was, I mean, we did it for years. I mean, I, I was leading it for 10 years. And so yeah. it's just been. Um, it sounds like order that's rooted in grace. Oh, yeah. You for know, sure. where it's. It's, it's a weird thing to explain because it's really not like in so many ways we're we we're not a um, it's just a community of people that have a common common vision and common mm. you know want to hang out you yeah know, um, that, there was co-create. a there was a quote by Eugene Peterson who wrote the Message Bible mm-hmm. and he said something about how there's no such thing as a perfect church but all over the world there are communities that gather Mm. every single week 
yeah. you know, with a shared vision and shared idea. Just kind of celebrating the fact that, like, no matter what, these churches that, as we understand them, are never going to be perfect and fit exactly like we think they should or whatever. But it's still something to be celebrated that it's bringing people together, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. sharing vision and purpose and kind of just getting people on the same wavelength of realizing, oh, we're so much better together, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's... That's my favorite thing about, like, religion in general, really, sure, you sure. know? And, yeah, yeah, it's something beautiful, I think. Yeah. Man. Well, cool. Was your dad a pastor? He's not. No. no. Okay. I thought uh, I heard you say that one time, but I... Well, I mean, that's a... My dad was a lot of things. So, <laughs> <laughs> my dad was a lot of things. I, um... I... He did preach... <laughs> at places. So, um, yeah, my dad was a um, recovering alcoholic who oh, cool. sort of uh, found, who not sort of, definitely kind of um, found the church and said, you know, whenever, whatever, wherever, I'll do it, you know. Hmm. Um, and so he taught uh, every Sunday morning, he taught at uh, jailhouses. Oh, and wow. then he like monthly or by month, like twice a month, sometimes he would teach at homeless shelters. Um, he, yeah, so he did a lot of that stuff. I mean, he did like, um, at the church he was attending, there was a, uh, like men's recovery program for alcoholics or like a live-in house for, um, so, like a sobriety house. And so, yeah. um, he would go and teach there and, um, yeah, I have, I have a VHS tapes and cassette tapes of all this stuff at my house in oh, a box. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he would do it all the time, but he wasn't, uh, yeah, he wasn't an or like an ordained pastor or, right. you know, or any, or educated pastor. Like that wasn't, um, you know, he was just a... Uh, just a guy who, you know, turned his life around later in life. I mean, um, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. My my brother and I were born when he was 40, so he was already up oh, in wow. age. Wait, um, is, your, is your brother a twin? Yeah, we're twins. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I'm a twin. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, identical. My parents were 40 when they had me. Oh, yeah. Well, 39. Yeah. Just before they turned 40. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, is your dad still alive? Uh, no, my dad oh, passed man. away... Uh, almost, it'll be five years mm. um, this this coming spring. Man, I'm sorry. Yeah, but what a beautiful story! And yeah, think, like just because I think it's cool that he wasn't necessarily an ordained pastor, but still realized the value of sharing oh, he would, his he, story. He might, you know? might uh, he? Um, yeah, he would share it to anyone who would listen. Mm. If they, if you had ears, you would hear it, right? Yeah. That's the idea, you know. Not, I mean, maybe that's not exactly what Jesus meant, but that's definitely how my dad <laughs> took it, right? If you're going to hear this, if you have ears. Um, I mean, I, he was such a, um, my dad's such a sort of, he was such an outspoken and sort of gregarious, like mm-hmm. everybody's friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, he, I don't know. Like, okay, like an example. Um, he would go to the, um, like we'd be at checkout lines at the grocery store, you know, and he would say, Oh, you know, how's your day? I say, Oh, you know, it's okay. He said, just okay. <laughs> just all right. I mean, not wonderful or fantastic or marvelous or terrific. And then they laugh and they say, oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's pretty good. And it's like, that's great. Why don't you ask me how my day is going? <laughs> and you know, of course, as a child, you're like, please do not do this. Yeah. Don't ask him where, you know. And um, they'd say, they'd sort of chuckle and laugh, and you know, because it's like fun at this point. They say, okay, yeah. how's your day going? And he goes, 
What? That's such a great question. I'm so glad that you asked me because my day is going well. I'm blessed. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm <laughs> prayerful. I'm hopeful. I'm a child of the Most High, redeemed, oh standing on the rock. And he would go on, and he had this list of, oh, wow. uh, and he would he used to pay people at church. He would pay little kids, like kids in kids' church. You know, they'd come and they, if they could repeat it all to him, he would give them a dollar and then go buy candy in the candy store. Oh, you know? wow. So I mean, he but he had this whole thing. You know, yeah. I'm above and not beneath, the head and not the tail, the priest, the king, and heir, joint heir in Christ, with Christ, for Christ. I'm an ambassador. You know, he would oh, go through this whole goodness. thing, standing in the grocery line, and everybody around is either shaking his hand or, you know, laughing or, you know, do it. And you're like, Dad, this is so freaking embarrassing, yeah. you know? Um, but it was like, that was every day, you know, yeah. all the time. I mean, he would, you know, he's he's, he's praying with the guy at the meat counter, you know? Mm. I mean, he was, oh yeah, he was consistent. He used to have this shirt. And this is what I mean. My dad was just so like loud and like, <laughs> I don't even know. It's just hard to explain him, right? Yeah. He, like in vision, he's sh- a little shorter than I am. You know, um, he was significantly heavier than I am, uh-huh. had this big, like, Tom Selleck-style mustache <laughs> and a 13-inch curly mullet oh, down wow. to his mid-back, right? What a he's, character. He's a school bus driver. <laughs> and a ha- in the morning and the afternoon, he was a school bus driver. During the day, he was a handyman and anything else someone would pay him to do. Then at night, he was a stage manager for a playhouse. He worked at two different radio stations, one of which was like a full gospel black, where he was the only white guy on staff. Um, He's just such a crazy person, right? Like so sort of out there. And um, he was a tour manager for like a country, for a a Christian country artist (laughs) in Nashville. I mean, he's just a, he's a wild character, right? Yeah. he wanted to be a fashion designer when he was growing up. Like, he's just a, he's, I don't know. Very eccentric. Super eccentric. Yeah. So he had this, he wore this t-shirt. Um, okay. Uh-huh. So imagine you have that image. He wore this, like, black t-shirt with these neon letters on it and said, Jesus Christ is Lord. Right? Yeah. And people would stare at him in the grocery store or like wherever he's at Home Depot or he's at, you know, he's doing whatever he's doing. I don't know why all these images happen in grocery stores, but that's, (laughs) you know, but someone would look at him and he would turn. He would see them. Right. He makes he would turn and he'd put his finger in front of his lips and go, shh, I'm undercover. Don't tell him I'm a Christian. (laughs) And then they would laugh. And he's and then, you know, and then he has a conversation like I don't know how he would do it. He would strike up a conversation with literally anyone that would Mm. anyone who had ears around him. Yeah, he would talk to them. Um, That was just the deal. You know, I love guys like that. Yeah, man. It's I mean, thing is, I mean, he spent almost as many years drunk as he spent sober. Yeah. You know, and that was the deal. He was everybody's buddy. He was the party guy. He was the guy you go to his house. He's got the fast cars and the good ladies and the good drinks. You know, like that was that was his character. Right. He's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he got sober, it was like you can actually physically see it. I have pictures at home that when I when he first passed away and we were going through photos, it was it was really remarkable that I could separate I could physically separate pictures of uh, pre-sobriety and post-sobriety just by looking at them because mm. his physical presence looked different. Yeah. He would be wearing the same outfit or look, I mean, even if they were a week, two weeks apart, like you could physically just see so. there was a difference in, in photographs, you know? Mm. Um, it was just this guy, I mean, he, you know, 
totally transformed, like like this wild transformation, you know? Um, I mean, and I grew up with that as a kid, you know, like he's bringing guys home from the jail and letting them stay at our house and giving them jobs to mow lawns. And like, I'm like, you know, nobody does that. Yeah. You know, he, he, you know, he figured out when the, um, like grocery store again, (laughs) he figured out when the grocery store was throwing out food and bread and, and other items. And so he would go and he'd pick it up and he'd deliver it to women's shelters. He'd deliver it to people in the neighborhoods. And I mean, it. When he passed away, he like wrote in his will that he was going to give a house to somebody. I mean, this guy was like, I, it's so bizarre that he was doing these things, you know, because these aren't things that people do. Like even yes. even Christians not who say normal. like, I'm a Christian and I love people. You're not, they're not doing this, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, I, he just experienced something else. And, you know. Mm. Um, what a testimony. Yeah, I totally. That's really. Totally remarkable and beautiful just because I really do believe there's there's like a real supernatural power mm-hmm. that comes from this loving creator you know that yeah. like when that grabs hold of us it really does have the power to transform and like completely change a person yeah you know yeah and it's not that he was completely changed from who he was but it's like he was awoken to his true self you know yeah. and stepped into that so confidently which yep it had a different had a different kind of uh meaning and it's just it's yeah yeah it's very different man that's cool i mean i didn't really know him before you know right uh, because i was i was he got sober two or three years after i was born um Mm. but but yeah i bet you and your brother helped motivate him i mean that i like yeah i mean sure yeah you know yeah that's right yeah and are, is it just you two? No other siblings? I have, I have some other siblings. Um, my dad had an older son with another, uh, with his oh, okay. first wife, and then my brother and I. And then um, uh, after my after my parents split when I was really young, actually my my parents divorced when my dad got sober, um, and so oh, wow. and my mom remarried and has a second has another son. So okay, I've got multiple brothers, but only one kind of yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean that's cool that full. there's <laughs> yeah, and it's you guys are twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the concept of twins and triplets and everything is really fascinating. I do too. It's crazy to me. Are you guys identical? We are identical. Wow. Yeah. Like we look exactly alike. Man. Um, I would show you a picture, but we're on air and no one else can see it. Right. So it feels like, you know, like a secret show and tell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, we're identical. We look exactly alike. In fact, uh, this is funny. I just sent my brother uh, a Christmas card and uh he he has a young son who's like, uh, how old is he? Alan, I guess. Oh, actually, I think he'll be two in a couple weeks. Nice. And when he saw the Christmas card, he goes, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and we're like, this is going to be fun because he's going to be confused all the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> could play tricks on him. Yeah. It's all my brother ever wanted was to play tricks on people. <laughs> I never wanted to play tricks on people. No? No, I was too... I was a really kind of quiet and shy kid, yeah. good kid. I mean, I still kind of am that way, you know, in a lot of ways. And more, my brother is my, my brother is like my dad. My brother oh, well. is literally like every time I call him, he's like, "I just met a new neighbor," you know. Like he literally <laughs> is in some ways that I th- I think my brother is. It's funny. My uh, my my stepmom says that she'll look at my brother and I and see this sort of like bifurcated. Kenneth, right? My dad, right? <laughs> this, like, Matthew's got part of it. Patrick's got part of it. And it's, like, we, Matthew and I both know tons of people. Um, and I think 
it's just very different, right? Like Matthew is the loudest person in any room. Uh-huh. Like the other day he came over to my house. This was not the other day, I guess it's uh, like a year and a half ago or whatever. <laughs> right. he, came, he came over to my house and um, he was helping me fix something outside. And he was literally so loud that I was, I saw neighbors passing by and looking and I was like, Matthew, you have to lower your, like just talk a little quieter. Everybody like, thinks everybody, you're me. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we first moved in, that actually happened. A neighbor <laughs> thought he, cause he helped me move and a neighbor like a couple weeks later approached me about something that Matthew had done. And I was like, Oh no, 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 that's not, that's not me. You're that confused. was my brother. You're confused. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, Matthew's just like, he's, you know, everybody's friend. He's got like, yeah. and everyone is his friend, right? He'll like meet somebody one time, shake a hand, know a face and he's their friends, you yeah. know? Um, that's cool. And so he's, yeah, just, I don't remember where I was going with that, but anyway, Matthew's yeah, great. You're both portraits oh, of your yeah, father. Oh, yeah, cha- about tricking people. That was the oh, deal. Yeah, yeah. Like Matthew's just funny and wants to trick people and wants to have fun. And that was always the deal. And I just wasn't interested in that. I yeah. was like, I just wanted... So in classes and stuff, we would go to school. And we always had separate classes. Um, I don't know if they do that to all twins, but they did it to us. <laughs> and, uh, Matthew was always like cutting up and class clown and just having fun. He just wanted to have fun, yeah. you know? And I was like, no, I got to get this. I got to do this right. Focus, you know, I got to focus, focus yeah. you know? <laughs> and so he was constantly like, man, my teachers won't give me a break. I should go to your class. And like, they're going to think I'm the best. And so I'm not going to get in trouble. These guys are just watching me, you know? It's like, you know, I'm like in prison and they're like, you know, the warden's just watching me, waiting for me to mess up. You know, in your classes, at least I can sit there and watch, you know, as so he'd want to switch. And I was like, no, because then they're going to watch me. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody will expect, so expect me to be a mess, you know? Um, Man. Yeah. But my dad also liked us tricking people. He, I remember there's one time we were in uh, McDonald's um, and he, there was this, I mean, we were seven right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like little, like young, children. you know, children. And, um, there's this little girl that was chasing us around and, um, it, uh, she was chasing me around and I did not want to be chased. I just wanted to be left alone. Yeah. And my brother was like, chase where's, me. where's the party at? Chase me. <laughs> yeah. But she would not chase my brother. She only chased me. Wow. So my dad called us over and was like, Hey son. And he had us change shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and for about five minutes, she chased Matthew. And then she was like, wait a second, something is off. This, you is, know, not this is not the same. This guy wants to be chased. Yeah. The thrill of the hunt is gone. <laughs> oh, man, um, yeah, yeah. So he, he liked playing games too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I never, I never wanted to switch places. I was just yeah. kind of, I just wanted to keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. Yeah. Get my stuff done. I wanted to be left alone. That was really, I just didn't want to be this. I didn't want to be any, I didn't want to be the center of attention. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to be left alone. And mm. so if I focused and kept quiet and sat in the back, you know, and drew yeah. pictures on my paper, I you could, could be let fine. Matthew <laughs> have all the attention. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's usually how it went. Yeah. You know, and once you get older and you're just like, why has my, my brother got all the attention? Then it's a problem, you know. But, you know, when you're young, you're just like, yeah. I just want to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Gosh. And, okay, so did you guys grow up in San Antonio? No, I'm originally from Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah. But always yeah. a Texas boy. Yep. Yep. Nice. Yep. Originally from Houston, though. But you've traveled the world quite a bit. (laughs) I mean, a little, yeah. And how long have you been married? Seven years. Nice. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, seven years, 2014, July. Huh. So. A year after I got paralyzed. Oh. Yeah, right on. Right on. That's cool. Little anniversary celebration. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what's the day? 
July what? 27th. Ooh, I thought you were going to say 22nd. <laughs> so close. Like, no way. No way. <laughs> no, we're going to actually have joint parties. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I call yeah. it Micah Didn't Die Day. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's a good day. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. And what have you learned from marriage? The list is probably big, but... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, some days I don't feel like I've learned anything at all. Mm. I just keep messing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that doesn't sound like canned. Uh, (laughs) That's a tough question. I mean, I think really like every, every, every person in every marriage is different. And I think at the end of the day, really what you're doing is you just need to have integrity for the commitment you made and the things Mm. that you say you're going to do. And the, you know, the, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, that sounds that sounds maybe no. strange, but no, it doesn't. I mean, um, I think marriage probably teaches people the just the the value of that even more. You know, of like let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah, and if you say you're going to do something, do it. You know? Yeah, and my, and my wife and I are very different people, mm. also. So yeah. I mean, and I think that so I in some sense have a I don't I actually I do not think that my situation is unique. Right, I'm sure that there are loads of people everywhere that may have spouses that are very different from themselves. You know, for sure, um, opposites attract. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes they don't. So yeah. It's a, so it's a good thing there's a piece of metal on my finger that says. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess rather, I feel like it's a good thing she has a piece of metal on her finger that right. says <laughs> she can't go anywhere. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, no, I, I'd say that you know we're different, and, and I think communication is key. The, the things that I, I have to constantly realize that however, however complicated I believe my like internal landscape is, I have to understand that hers is equally as complicated. Mm. And so in every, every sense that I, I'm requesting understanding, whether spoken or unspoken, I also need to be willing to to offer that. Yeah. And in every and every opportunity I'm again spoken or unspoken asking for change, I also need to be willing to offer that, you know. Um Yeah, and because, I think that's something Yeah, yeah. for every relationship, you know, with anyone. Right. Like we all should be willing to realize that, you know, because yeah. I think it's so easy for us to all get caught up in our own complexity. Right. And kind of drown in that victimization of like sure, uh, sure. It, sure this is so hard i have it so difficult because the way that i am you know and you just don't understand yeah, yeah right and then we forget that that really all, like i'm also not understanding like, like, like in fact the the fact that i believe you don't understand me or like that i'm you is my lack of understanding right right mm. um i was reading something earlier today that i I'm, I'm going to very much misquote it. Uh, That's okay. Will, Will says I'm very good at quoting things. <laughs> um, but that, this I'm going to mess up because I just read it today. But uh, it's, the writer is talking about, like, you know, the things you do, like your loved ones. And no one else cares about it, but your loved ones care about you, you know. Um, and I just think about that. So in this this sort of setup is, like, the the people that, are around you they're the ones that care the most about you right mm-hmm. but like what it takes to get there 
in that sense, they're just like everyone else. They don't care, right? Hmm. Because it, like those things, the, so my wife wants me to do something, right? She's because she cares about me, right? She let, she says, yeah, go do this thing with Micah. That's great. You know, go do this, you know, go do whatever you want, right? Because I, because I love you, I care about you and I want you to do those things. Yeah. Right. But, but then I'm, I say, oh, sorry, I'm, you know, I'm an hour, an hour later than I said I was going to be. And I didn't communicate with you. And by the way, since I'm an hour late, I also didn't do the things you asked me to do, you know? Well, and so she's like, well, then that's, that's a problem, you know? Yeah. And I say, well, you just don't, like, you don't understand. Like I was, I was doing the thing and I got caught up and da, 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 da. Lost track of time. <laughs> Lost yeah. of time, which is definitely a Patrick thing to do for sure. <laughs> um, you know, she knows that. And she, but I think the tension there is like, I'm... I'm believing that she's not understanding. I just got caught up. You don't, mm. you don't get it. And it's like, no, actually she does. She does get it. In fact, she gets it so much that she, she said I could do it and set a time and like said, Hey, by the way, these are some of the expectations I have because I understand that this is how it's going to probably work out when those expectations, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like there's a yeah. sense where it's like, it doesn't matter what I thought about doing or like, Oh, I checked my watch. I just didn't, none of that stuff matters. Right. At the end of the day, what matters is that like, Oh, she, I, she said yes to what I wanted to do. And then I didn't do the things she asked me to do. Right. Or something like that. Right. Like on some level, it's like, there's, um, I don't know where I'm going, but this, that sense of like being true to the things that you say and being, being open to understanding that one, like, this is a mutual thing. Like I need to understand where she's coming from the same way that she needs to understand that she understands where I'm coming from. And then to, for me to say things like what you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm giving this kind of scenario to play out, but I think the, the idea that, Oh, you just don't understand. I was doing that. I was, I was, I tried, you know, yeah. I was like, no, no, no. They, they don't well, it's like the, you know, the idea of a, give and take yeah. and you only get what you give sort of this, I don't know, this back and forth of every relationship. But yeah. then I think it's heightened when it's something like a marriage where you're both brought into this understanding of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is an expectation here. There's still grace, but there's also like, let's grow up together, you know? Yeah. And there's like, a lot of that. I mean, I think it is growing up. I think it is yeah. like, you know, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a different, definitely a, unique thing yeah man we've been talking for about 40 minutes okay and this what we've just said reminds me of a song by pomegranates okay and it's called house of my mortal father so we should listen to that okay and i actually i actually have a song i yeah yeah and then we'll uh we'll listen to that too so ladies and gentlemen don't go anywhere we got more conversation coming up next hour Welcome back, beloved listener. It's the second hour now, and I've still got with me my dear friend, Patrick Ferris. That's right. (laughs) Coming at you live. Patrick, this is not your first time on the radio. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Because your dad used to work at radio stations, and you used to do... He'd let you on air sometimes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, for about about two decades, my dad worked at a radio station. And funny thing... um, my dad, I don't really sound as though I'm from Texas, or at least that's what most people tell yeah, you me. you don't have much of a Texas accent. But my dad did. Yeah. And so they actually wouldn't let nice. him talk on air. Oh, really? <laughs> they said he had too much of an accent. <laughs> he, you know, so they were, you know, they were real purists about that, uh, you know, 
whatever it is than the radio voice radio voice yeah so yeah i think that's gotten more lax over the years for sure (laughs) for sure and as like the radio has tried to compete with pandora and spotify oh yeah 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 yeah. and and now podcast at this point they're like we'll put anything on yeah put anything on yeah (laughs) oops i missed church every sunday (laughs) Sunday. (laughs) from three to five yeah Yeah, that's right Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, so my dad worked at radio stations for about, yeah, for about two decades. Man. Yeah, wild. That's cool. I used to do, I remember when I was like 12 or 13, I wrote my first radio ad for my mom's shipping store. Oh, nice. She had a mailbox, mailboxes, et cetera, store. Oh, cool. Later changed to Total Choice Shipping. Yeah. 1412A Avenue West. (laughs) This is actually the radio commercial right now. (laughs) It was fun because I had my sister Mariah and I remember I would, um, I like wrote a Valentine's Day commercial like talking about greeting cards. Yeah. Because my mom sold greeting cards at her mailboxes, et cetera store. Right. Sure. And it was just like we were two little kids having a conversation like, what should I get today? But uh, it was just fun to participate in that as a child and then put it on the radio and go to the studio and, like, record it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. And then years later, I had a radio show. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's crazy. That's right. This, this, yeah, seeds planted and then yeah. slowly, slowly became, that's funny. Exactly. Yeah, we were, we were always at the radio station, and so it... Um, I don't think I ever thought about it like that. Like we didn't have to go. We didn't. It's not like we. It was an event where we went and recorded these things. Right. It's just we were. It was just there because. Yeah, we were there. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. my dad was working there. Yeah. Man. So. That's fun. Yeah. 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 It was so, fun. Awesome, dude. We there's so many things we can talk about. Uh, something I remembered as we were off air. Each week, I like to do a loose theme based on the fruit of the spirit. Oh, sure. And so like a Apples. new fruit that's, of the week. That's the, yeah. most, that's the most recent fruit I ate. <laughs> oh, Apple. really? Yeah. The, I have bananas on my counter. I was intending to eat a banana of the spirit, but I, <laughs> I ate an apple of the spirit. <laughs> All that kidding. to say, no. <laughs> <laughs> the fruit of the week this week is goodness, which sort of feels like a, it's kind of a tough one because it sort of encompasses so much stuff when you think about just goodness. Sure. And it's hard to not just get into conversations about morality mm. when thinking about goodness specifically, yeah. you know. But you got any thoughts on goodness? <laughs> How has life been good to you recently? <laughs> oh, I was going to say my apple was delicious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How has life been good? I mean, oh, man, I don't know. There's probably any number of ways life has been good. Um, yeah. Hmm. And we, it's okay if you can't think of anything too. Oh, well, I mean, I can think about, yeah, there's, yeah, I can think, I mean, I'm just trying to think about like what are, you know, I am on air after all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, my mom's insurance claim. (laughs) 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's actually, that's actually true and good, (laughs) but, um, I think, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know, man, I am healthy and happy. I mean, I, yeah, uh, I've uh, I've got a good job now. That's a new thing. That's right. a relatively new thing. Yeah. So. How long did you work? You worked at a coffee shop. I worked shop at a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, how many town. years? Th- three, three years. Three years. Yeah. And I actually quit. Uh, I turn. Or I guess I like my last day. I didn't like quit and walk out. But right. My my last day 
was exactly three years from the day I turned in my application. Oh, wow. Like to the day. That's wild, man. It is wild, yeah. June 3rd. Huh. It's a Thursday. Nice. <laughs> and I guess three years before, it probably would have been a Tuesday. Yeah, right. Something like that, depending Tuesday on how the year. Yeah, Tuesday or Monday, depending on how the years worked out. Could have been a leap year. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a Saturday, just like Christmas. Yeah, darn right. Saturdays. Yeah, I worked at a coffee shop for th- about three years. I, um, Do so, you miss that at all or not really? Um. Maybe it's it's very it? it's very different from what I do now. There are parts that I miss, parts that I I don't. Um, I had so I didn't intend to be there that long. Mm. Um, it happened right around the time my dad passed away. So I I had been working for um, at some universities for a university ministry, and um, it had been a lot of a lot of work. Um, and I wasn't really being paid super well, um, which was not cured by working at a coffee shop, despite mm. popular opinion. Um, <laughs> you don't make any money, right. <laughs> um, but I, um, yeah, I've been working at these university ministries. Like I said, I was at, um, Catholic university for a little while, I was at some, some different places. I was actually, um, I did that for a little over five years Oh wow! and I, um, did international uh like train missions training all sorts of stuff so i i was um it was a lot yeah and um i had been feeling like i'd been feeling like the the fit was a little strange um for a while Mm. and when my dad passed away i felt like i just can't i just you know can't do this anymore i gotta do something else so i um things sort of like man they sort of fell apart toward in that year i mean yeah most most things do when you you know i guess lose a parent Um, right and so at the end of my commitment i had signed a certain i had uh intended to to stay for that so my dad passed away in, in in may Mm-hmm. And I had already kind of committed to the next year working at this university. And so I, um, for the next school year, right. For the, um, gotcha. fall and spring. And so I had intended to do that. Um, but then in December things sort of took a turn and I, I just, it just didn't really, it didn't look like that was the future, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that spring I just decided I, you know, could, I needed to start kind of figuring other things out. And I, um, yeah, I, I, I took the coffee shop. I had applied, I had applied for a lot of places and I took the coffee shop cause I kind of felt like I just need some sort of transitional thing, you know, something I can do for a little bit of time and yeah. then, um, and then kind of get my feet back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I started the coffee shop and my intention was to be there for a year. And so I started, I think it was June of 20, 2018, I guess hmm. June of 2018. Okay. And so then I intended, I was like, I'm going to be here for a year. And at that year mark, I'm going to start looking for other things. Hmm. Or so I like work on my resume, start networking. Those, but, for, yeah. but for a year, I'm just not going to think about it. I'm fine. Like I'm doing all right. Like I'm not, you know, I can eat. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to kind of coast for a year, get my dad's stuff figured out. Um, mm-hmm figure out kind of where I'm going next. And so I, I did that. And then, um, and then I 
yeah, spend the next, so so kind of June, July, the following year, 2019, I, I spent, you know, the next six months, I, you know, worked on my resume, started networking, talking to people, met some people, started having interviews in January, and then 2020 happened and everyone went on a hiring freeze. And so then I ended up yeah. being there th- th- really through June. Yeah, like I said, June 2020, mm-hmm. uh, I guess June 2021. Yeah, June 2021. And so, oh, yeah. um, so yeah, I was there for, I, I intended to be there for a year and I was kind of on the right path. I was on the path to move. I, you know, um, had some promising interviews, but then things, you know, just everything yeah. kind of went, uh, the went whole haywire. world shut yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Things shut down. So, um, so then I ended up being there for three years. Yeah. Man. Um, to your question though, did I, do I miss it? Yeah. There are elements of it that I miss for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very different from what I'm currently doing. Um, yeah. Now you work for yeah, a nonprofit. I work for a nonprofit. So I'm, a, I am working as a, I'm the development manager. So I'm sort of the lead guy on development, which mm-hmm. is sort of grants and fundraising, uh, stuff, um, impact reports, et cetera. So like right now we're still figuring out some of what that looks like, but, um, it's currently it's, I'm, I'm writing corporate proposals and I'm right. Excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> just did the sign of the, for those of you listening at home, I just did the sign of the cross. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blessed. I, but yeah, I blessed him. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, I'm writing like corporate proposals and, um, uh, doing grant reporting and, and are you um, enjoying that? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's very, yeah, I do like it. It's, it's hard. Um, at times. Yeah. And, um, I think, but I would say the thing I miss, right. So, which I think maybe answers both of your questions. Like, do I like this slash what do I miss from the coffee shop? I think what I miss is that, um, is relationships and kind of being in people's lives. I think when you are, um, in an office setting, particularly when it's virtual, right. Right now I'm working from home, you know, right. It's that sort of, um, personal interaction is hard. It's harder, you know, it's still there. Yeah. It's just, you know, and and fortunately I took, uh, you know, I took half of the bifurcated Ken Ferris. And so (laughs) from our first, from our first half, uh, 40 minutes or whatever. (laughs) Right. So I can, I can make friends. (laughs) Right. It's not, it's not hard for me to like, I mean, I'm reaching, I mean, talking to people and, you know, um, making myself known, but it's still, um, it's, it's harder for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's this whole era that we're right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Too. Yep. 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 So it's yeah, it's not a unique thing to this to this job per se, you know. It, but I, I do think that um, it's it's something I miss about the coffee shop, the sort of um, the sort of life with people um, that you know really my. I mean, I guess that's the same as the you know afternoon bartender. You know, not the guy who's making crazy drinks and the you know at happy hour, but the but the guy who is, you know, serves beer at lunchtime and yeah. gets to sit back and talk for a little while, you know. I miss yeah. that element, you know. For sure. So that is I, I worked at a coffee shop in high school and I did really enjoy just getting to know customers and like I don't know, just getting familiar with people yeah. and then even coworkers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's a fun culture, yeah, you know. It is. It is and I will say, um I the coffee shop shall not be named but okay. our traffic was daily traffic was probably like a Starbucks 30 minutes. So there's a lot of time to get to know people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think had I been in a, I, I think had I been in an environment that was really 
jam packed all the time and had a line and you know had a to go window and a bar window and then you know all these yeah. i just think that would have been very different you know i i um i think it was the right place the right time you know it For wasn't sure. hectic it was really laid back and um you know yeah that's nice yeah, but for me, right, if, if, right. I, were the, if, I, were the shop, if I were the coffee shop owner, I'd probably say, why are there only 14 customers on a Tuesday? That's yeah. <laughs> way too few. But for me as the person, like, looking for a job to, looking for a gig that's going to sort of give me a break and let me yeah. kind of connect to people on a deep way. And, mm. and I think that's really what it was, right? Like, I, I think probably in me and maybe in other people, I'm assuming in you, and I'd, I'd like to hope most people there's – um, a sort of human desire um, uh, for connection, you know? Yeah. And that that was the thing that happened. That's a thing that's it's just natural, right? It, it happens there in those places, right. you know? And um, you get to know people and you get to connect with people. You see the same people day in and day out and, you know, um, you get to be a part of their lives. You can, you can, t- you can tell, I mean, if you're in, if you're, you know, intuitive in the slightest, you can tell when something's going well or something's not going well. And yeah. you can just be, and, and I think that I, that I, I, I really loved, you know, mm-hmm. and being able to say like, yeah, here's, you know, I have something that's really wonderful and I think you're going to love it. And, you know, I'm here to make your day. You yeah. Know? And it's just, yeah, this innate desire in each of us to be known, mm-hmm. you know, and to know others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah and just that kind of, just relationships. The more and more I think about the meaning of life, the more and more I'm convinced it's relationships. Mm. You know, it's like... How so? Well, just in, the things that really matter at the end of life are not material, mm. you know, and they're not things that you can necessarily hold in your hands unless it's like a community that you can embrace, you know, or someone you love that you can hold, you know. Okay. And I think that that's a, yeah, does that relate to something? Because I was going to ask you about, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, no, but yeah, I just in the way that, uh, like, we were created for that, I think, mm. you know? Yeah. And it's more and more proof to me of a loving creator that this desire inside of me to know others and to be known by others really does feel like the fullest form of like pure fulfillment mm. you know because even just thinking about my own family like I'm so grateful for the parents that I have and my sisters and just the family that we've built together and this culture of comfort and safety mm. and grace you know understanding that like each one of us is going to make mistakes each one of us is going to fall short, but we'll never once be rejected or rebuked or cut off from the love of the family. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing any of us could do that would separate us from the love that we've fostered and created together. Yeah. And I think that that's like what humanity is invited to experience together. Do you feel so I'm going to go off my, I was going to bring this book, but I'm actually going to go off and I have a question. Okay. How do, so I'm, I'm tracking do you see that as a counter narrative to human experience? Mm. What do you mean? Like to, or human action, maybe, maybe not human experience, but or human need, but a human action. Yeah. I mean, I think I see it as a counter in the way that 
we don't necessarily believe that that's what we want or truly desire. Yeah. We get convinced by the lie that what we really want is just pleasure and material all the time, you know, or like constant immediate gratification Hmm. rather than this more slow, drawn out, like needing of a foundation or something like it's a deeper kind of pleasure, you know, that doesn't necessarily come all at once immediately sure, and then leave. But it's something that you build and part of the pleasure comes from the building and the work and like the effort and sort of the sacrifice or surrendering Hmm. that participating in a relationship brings, you know, because I think every relationship has ebbs and flows of difficulties and, you know, like seasons that are harder than others and some seasons that are just like pure bliss. Yeah. But it's this ongoing process realizing that even the the seemingly negative or suffering moments are still like such an important, crucial part to the big picture and the broader story that's really what we're all yeah you know being invited into and i think it's counter to this it's counter to like the cultural just the internet (laughs) you know like this the idea of the internet this we scroll for pleasure like scroll just constantly trying to get a new dopamine rush or whatever and it's realizing that there is a there's a true sustainable joy to be found in stillness. Yeah. So know? it's interesting. I actually, I, um, I, I also, I, I think, I think that kind of communal lens that you're speaking to the mm. family, right? That either that's the kind of human family, nuclear family, whatever, however you right. want to describe, you know, communal family, chosen family, you know, biological family, et cetera. But that yeah. sort of sense of, um, rootedness and place. Yeah. Um, I think there's, it isn't, I, it's, you know, this is Patrick's take. It sounds like maybe Mike's take, but <laughs> it feels like an absolute counter um, in, in many ways. It's, yeah. it's interesting. I actually think so many of the things that we've created, you mentioned the internet. Um, and actually these are interesting that, that you, they're, all of them come from an intention of social connectedness. Mm. Yeah. Um, they come, I mean, they're called social networks, right? But they come, or even, or even the internet, right? The internet, think about the internet as this like, modern printing press, right? That the printing mm-hmm. press happened and all of a sudden people could be connected. Like people could, um, they, they could learn, they could read, they, uh, they, the world, yeah. the world changed the reformation, right? We're on oops, I missed church, right? I yeah. mean, all these things happened when the printing press happened and the internet, the internet is just Sorry. the modern that, right? In some sense it says, yeah. here's all this information and we're now going to offer it to everyone, mm. right? So there's a sense that it's that in its in its birth, the the in, the intended child was connectedness, right? The in, the in, right the initial intention, right? Yeah, and and what what its form was intended to do: Facebook, Instagram, all these things. Mm-hmm. But there's something in our in our um, sort of um, darker nature. Right. Something right. in us that actually has 
misshapen them, has mm-hmm. has reformed them into something that's really about uh, something totally different, right? And it's and and I mean, and I think some of that is even our own culture. This that this sort of sense that you're talking, this connectedness, this communal uh, communal experience is very different in contrast, really, to our individualistic desire. Um, right. You know, to the um, to the I versus the we that. Um, which, which I think plays out everywhere, right? Whether it's yeah. like, you know, anecdotal stories from politicians, you know, I don't know, da, 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 you know, et cetera. Like whatever, whatever that is, that there's this sentiment of the eye that is in contrast to what I believe true to true to what you're saying as well, is that the deeper human desire is actually for connectedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and even as we now sort of continue to, to, to separate ourselves even further, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's like it's paradoxical, you know, in a way because I I think it's so crucial and important to celebrate the individual. Yep. And remember that each and every one of us is so unique and unlike anyone else and beautiful and wonderful in their own individual on their complete own, you know. But that combined with another individual and another and another and another. It's just this, like, it's like collaboration, you know? Mm. And the, like we were talking earlier of creating something together. And I think that's what I'm meaning is a healthy community seems to value and celebrate every single person's individual beauty while realizing that their individual beauty is a addition to the beauty as a whole you know, the beauty of the whole community. And it wouldn't be the same without that individual. And the more you get involved, the more beautiful the community becomes, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's getting just another layer of diversity or another layer of unique view or perspective. And it's so it's so necessary for that individual outlook, but it can't be the only Outlook, you know, like you really have to have both. It has to be something that's bringing each together. And I think with the internet and stuff, and with social media, we realize the potential for connectedness and community that it's absolutely right. Trying to create, but we I mean, get here we so are on a radio show. Up. We're con- I'm connected to some people in yeah. Iowa, right. right? Like there's there is a real connection to these things. That there is an opportunity. Yeah, and such a, like, that's the thing, too, where it's like, I don't want to just throw out the internet as being evil, you know, because it's so amazing. Like, this time to be alive is unlike any other time we've ever had, and it really is like another printing press, you know, where this technological revolution is happening, and I just am finding it more and more important that as this metaverse grows, that we remember the real universe, you know, and like the tangible and the simple, like we don't get so lofty in this metaverse that we forget what it is to just sit in a quiet room with someone, Hmm. you know, or to go outside. Mm -hmm. Like I, yeah, I, I just, and it's, it's, it's tough too watching, like thinking about the generations below us because you and I are both old enough to know what it was like before. Yes. You know, before everyone had a supercomputer in their pocket. Yeah. And every kid born now has well, no yeah. idea 
what life was like without this insane influence of technology that is just yeah. like pervasive and prevalent in every area. And I've, I think it's really important for the traditions and certain things to, to push through and live through that and remind all of these new humans that there is so much more to life than what you can access with the beauty of technology. Mm -hmm. And there's so much wonder and mystery beyond your little computer, Hmm. you know, and we, it's hard to convince people of that when there's so much wonder and mystery in our phones. Like there's, it's an endless universe of discovery, Yep. but it's still not, it's not the ocean or mountains, you know, or a forest. Or, you know, honestly, it's in some sense, it's even, even, um, if you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. Right. It's 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 not the a picture of a tree is not a tree. Right. right. A picture of the mountains is not the mountains. Um, but even in the sense, I think about like. Uh, you're doing research on your phone, right? Like you, you kind of pull out your phone. and You say, oh, you know, what? I'm interested in this thing, or right. this place or these people or this. You know, there's this one guy I heard about in 1953, did this one thing. I'm going to go read about it, you know? Yeah, and we can um, access I, that. Yeah, you can access it. Like, you literally have that in your... You know, you used to have to go to libraries for these things. If even that, it, most of these stories were lost. Most of these stories were gone, you know? Yeah. I was just going through pictures with my mother recently, um, a box, and... I mean, she didn't even know half of the people in the pictures. She didn't know their names. My grandmother knew their names, and so we would have to ask, show her the picture, and ask. But if she was gone, we wouldn't, we wouldn't even know who these people are. Yeah. You know, I recently went through some pictures at my at my wife's uh, grandmother's house, and half the pictures we threw away because none of us, no one in the house, knew who these people were. Cool. Now that's impossible. Like that, you that doesn't happen with the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Or I mean, or you that that actually that maybe those situations still happen, but but things aren't lost, right? Yeah. I can type in any number of words into a Google search bar and find 5 million pages about it. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, there, there are people whose lives have been forgotten for sure. You know, there are billions of people on this planet. You right. Know? But, but I guess what I, but I, but what I mean is that there's this sort of, uh, 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 posterity, posterity. There's this like sense of, um, it, it's kept this information. I can find things. I can research things. I can, you know, that's actually a real positive, mm. right? Yeah, but the, I think the same thing, but it has an equal negative, right? Yeah. In that I can have seven tabs open and remember none of them, hmm. you know? Um, this is probably a particular thing to Patrick, right? This is probably a particular Patrickism, but um, it's very hard for me to really ingest, digest something that I'm reading online, right? This may not be the truth for everybody. Mm. Some people are fine with that. Um, but it's particularly challenging for me to recall something that I'm reading online, right? And so yeah. I, I think about these, like, um, what are the things, so there's a lot of benefit, but what what are the things that we've lost because of it? You know, what are the things that that I, I mean, in one sense, it's brought us all to the center line, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, interesting I'm trying to figure out how I can explain that like what it's doing is giving everyone I mean it's probably the algorithm right like (laughs) what what you want right right so I go to Google and it 
predetermines what I'm looking for when I type something in. Based on things Based you've looked on things for I've in the looked past. On, or, in the past. But what it's really doing is it's it's showing me the results that are most likely the things I'm looking for. Hmm. Um, and being myself, sometimes those things are right. Sometimes that's super helpful. If I want to find a plumber, I want it to give me the, the what I'm looking for immediately. Yeah. Right? That's great. I love yeah. those things. <laughs> definitely. Right? Because definitely, if I say, I need someone to clean my water heater, I want it to tell me who I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I don't want to have to dig through five million things. But um, recently, I was I was going through these things, these uh, like this um, archive in real life, going through some um, um, photographs and writings and correspondence in real life in an archive mm-hmm. at a, at a, um, that had been collected by a, a university in... Uh, North Carolina. And, um, I realized that there was so much depth there that I, there were things that I had never heard and never seen and things that I was like, I, and I would have never seen them because I was looking on Google and Google told me these are like this. I only show you things that are 98% what you're looking for, you know, um, or higher 90% or higher of probability of what you're looking for, et cetera. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not an algorithms person clearly, so I'm not, but I get what you're saying. But that's the idea, right? Like it's, and it's, and it's doing that to everyone. Like we're all kind of merging to the center line, Mm. right? Used to the, you have a lot more diversity, um, because everyone has their own things. You have culture. Uh, I mean, even things like, if you think about, um, like, um, regional identities, hmm. right? Regional identities would be stronger if you didn't have access to other regions, right? Other places. Right. Now regional identities are lesser. So it's, it's basically this massive tool for assimilation, yeah. right? Bringing everyone to like a common median, right? Um, to a common point that we're all sort of connected we're also all assimilated. We're all the same, right? Because that's how Google, you know, we all see the same articles. We all see the same news feeds. We all see the same, I mean, we all see the same crate and barrel ads or yeah. whatever, <laughs> you know, like we're all seeing the same stuff. Um, and, and, it's, and somewhere along the way, like everything kind of becomes um, homogenous. Yeah. Because that's exactly what Google, that's, that's what the algorithm does. Yeah. Um, you know. And it's, it's crazy to think about that with, so, so we lose diversity. That's stuff. what I was. That's that's the end point. Was that like mm. we gain all of this experience? I was trying to. Sorry, I interrupted no, you. I was good, just trying to. Good. I was like, where did I? Where was I going with yeah. that? <laughs> you know. So the, yeah, to end end point was that I think the benefit is that we we have all this collection. Like we've got this like incredible tool to collect all information we could all histories, all stories, all yeah. pe- anyone's voice. Like it's right there. And there's so much access and ease to it. But what we lose with the way it's set up is diversity. That's, yeah. That was my, and like original, yeah. and, 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 and primary thought, like mm-hmm. original, primary, diverse thought. We have a lot of secondary thought and, uh, and assimilation. And yeah. I wonder how often things, we repeat things thinking it's an original thought, mm. you know, but it's really something we've already seen or read somewhere online or heard or something you know like yeah i i had a weird experience one time where i i tweeted something that i had literally read a friend it was like a tweet i just tweeted the exact same thing basically 
but I didn't realize it. But as I tweet, like I tweeted it, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. he called me out. He's like, "Wait, didn't That's I just say this like two weeks ago or whatever?" And I was like, "Whoa, dude." <laughs> you did <laughs> like I, I remember that. now that is yeah that's where this idea came from it wasn't even my own idea right and it was just kind of this weird realization of like <laughs> we're being so influenced all the time constantly by yeah. this endless stream of information and so I'm constantly writing things I don't have a Twitter yeah I don't tweet good for you um, but I'm constantly writing things down uh-huh. um, and I've had to start like citing the things I write down because I'll go back years later. And I mean, this is, this happened recently. I was, I, someone was trying, this guy, um, Obed was trying to translate something that I wrote into Spanish and he was going to use it for something else. And I was like, yeah, dude, do go do whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. But when I got home, I started thinking like, did I write that or cause I, I just couldn't huh. remember cause it was something I'd written a few years ago. I'd like wrote it down and then sort of, you know, typed it up and was using it or, you know, I just thought like, was that my thought? Did yeah. I say that or did I find that somewhere? I mean, there's no way I could find it. I mean, there's no way I could like, I mean, maybe if I use quotations or something, I might, <laughs> you know, but who knows, right. you know? Um, but I realized that like, I am, I don't have, that kind of memory, these things sort of soak in. So I, I write it down and if it, if I don't write their name down, it's mine. Cause I just don't remember, you know, I <laughs> yeah. don't, I just, just can't, I just don't remember that it was someone else's. And uh-huh. so I totally do that all the time and I'll go back, I'll go back into journals or go back into writings or go back into things. And I say like, Oh man, that's, that's really good. Did I write that? Yeah. You know? or is that, or is that the other person? Is that me? Was that me? Uh, anyway, I'm going to read this. Um, I'm going to read this poem. So, I brought this. I, I brought it. this book of poems. Um, That's okay. Okay. So uh, this is a. Um, I will cite this. It's yeah. From a guy named Wendell Berry. Heck yeah. Um, and it's a part of a collection that he put out in the '70s. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> a collection he put out in the '70s. I think it was '72. Um, anyway, called Clearing. Um, and this is uh, the poem I'm going to read is from a um, from a collection called Work Song. Mm. Um, it's a, a number of different poems. I'm going to read poem two Do from it. Work Songs, um, which is a poem called Vision. Uh, but I, I I'm reading it because I think it aligns with some of what we're what yeah. we're saying. So um, this is a, a vision by Wendell Berry. If we will have the wisdom to survive to stand like slow growing trees on a ruined place, renewing, enriching it. If we will make our seasons welcomed here, asking not too much of earth or heaven, then a long time after we are dead, the lives that our lives prepare will live here. Their houses strongly placed upon the valley sides, fields and gardens, rich in the windows, the river will run, clear as we will never know it and over it birdsong like a canopy on the levels of the hills will be green meadows stock bells and moonshade on the steeps where greed and ignorance cut down the old forest an old forest will stand its rich leaf fall drifting on its roots the veins of forgotten springs will have opened and families will be singing in the fields in their voices they will hear a music 
risen out of the ground. They will take nothing from the ground. They will not return whatever the grief at parting. Memory native to this valley will spread over it like a grove and memory will grow into legend and legend into song and song into sacrament to the abundance of this place. The songs of its people and its birds will be health and wisdom and indwelling light. This is no paradisial dream. Its hardship is its possibility. Mm. Man, thank you, Wendell Berry. Not wild, right? Yeah. No, I think that's so appropriate for just in the. It's like the idea of the shadow self and the realizing that there's such a need for the grief, you know, and the difficulty mm. and the struggle, the hardship. Yeah. Yeah. To realize the beauty of the song and the mm-hmm. just like, because in thinking of what. And that, that is wisdom. If we have the wisdom to survive, to right. do these things, this is what we'll see. This is the fruit of wisdom. And to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I think we, our initial reaction is to close up and push away that negative feeling. You know, mm. that's something I've been learning a lot just this last year is, allowing myself to be sad, Mm. you know, or like feel heaviness, you Mm. know, not to stay there, but to realize that that heaviness is going to help me better grow from it, you know, Mm. or to like actually learn from something. You have to allow yourself to feel it. And my personality type is so quick to just constantly distract myself Mm. and to if there's if something is uncomfortable or not fun run you know just get away from it and it's like it just compounds and gets worse and worse when you do that because it's like you're never choosing to learn from it or grow from it you're just constantly trying to reject it and it's such an unhealthy reaction Mm. because there's so much beauty that can come from it if you're willing to embrace it you know and it's like this idea of embracing suffering kind of what uh yeah oh um what practice do you do you have practices that you like help that help you to embrace that um i try to be intentional about just remembering to pray Mm. you know in the sense of a lot of it's been rituals that i've been sort of because I've been realizing that my life has lacked ritual for a while and I've been trying to implement it more in the things that I want to do every day. Like even just with like brushing my teeth every night and washing my face, sort of setting that aside as like a time of prayer almost, Mm. you know, realizing that in just taking care of my own physical self and like personal hygiene, Mm. you know, Mm. remembering that I, my body is, if, if these things that I believe about God are true, Mm. then the Holy spirit of God is literally within me and experiencing life through me. And I want to take care of myself to be healthy, you know, not just from a selfish perspective of like, I want to be healthy and strong and whatnot, but like 
so I can give to others more fully, you know, Mm. because I've always been caught up in being a people pleaser, but it's really more of a, it's like a not loving myself well enough or taking care of myself well enough to where I'm constantly just like pushing myself down to help others or whatever, or to like build others up, forgetting that I could do so much more for others if I was more confident and sure of myself and like aware of the value that I have as an individual and my own belovedness, if I remembered that and lived in that more, then I wouldn't need to rest in just constant distraction and pleasure and things like that. But remember to slow down. And a lot of it too is just like in the concept of breath and like going to sleep every night. I've been I do a lot of these like prayer breathing things of Mm. saying prayers with the rhythm of my breathing, you know, and I like to breathe in the fruit of the spirit every night and breathe out just like I, it all, all of this to say, I'm, I'm getting all over the place, but I'm something that I want. Oops. I miss church to do is be a reminder to every single listener and guest of their own belovedness. Mm. You know, that as an individual, no matter who you are, where you are, what you've done, what you believe, you are beloved. Like you have innate value that you were born into. And as I'm trying to create a platform where that can be expressed, I'm learning more and more how I need to implement it in my own life and remember it in my own life if I ever want to host a platform that's going to do that, you know? And so I've been noticing just in my own lack of ritual and remembering of like setting aside time intentionally to be still and to be calm and to remember in this moment, not doing anything at all. If I sit in complete stillness, I am still beloved completely Mm -hmm. by my creator. Mm. And that alone should motivate me to desire to be like the healthiest and most confident and assured self, never in an arrogant or prideful way, but in a way that's remembering, oh my God, I'm beloved. Like, I am worthy of love Mm -hmm. and able to show others and help others realize that in themselves, you know, like that's such a, if we all would grasp that idea, I think it would just be a remedy to so much of the struggle and difficulty that we don't really need to be dealing Mm. with, or we don't like, it's, it's just a remembering to allow yourself to feel all the emotions and to embody what it is your body's telling you and you know or like to listen to your body and realize that God is actively in pursuit of you through others and through yourself like God is trying to remind you of your belovedness through yourself by the consequences of the decisions you make Mm -hmm. you know Like there's things we all do that will feel immediately gratifying, 
and then have a hefty negative consequence. Sure. You know, and that's the love of God, like speaking through us, reminding us, you, you know that you're so much, like there's so much more joy and real beauty to be found beyond this instant gratification or beyond this new high or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of all over the place, but I'm trying to word it all. So it's been so strange being paralyzed because <laughs> mm. I've been trying to, I've always been able to accept it, you know? Sure. Like from when it first happened, it was a pretty quick acceptance and realizing like, oh, okay, I'm paralyzed now. This is, this is me. This is my new story or whatever. And I think my quick acceptance of it was part of my rejection of feeling sad, you know, or like rejection of negative emotions where I'm just constantly trying to be, I'm happy Micah or whatever. And forgetting to allow myself to grieve and feel the heaviness of it, you know. And that's just something that's like been coming up more as I've been going through, like, just this last year or two, as the whole world feels to be sort of struggling with this grief of a pandemic, that's like, I don't know, it feels like we're being lied to. And it feels like people are so set on do this or do that or like get vaccinated or or don't get vaccinated. Like just getting so intensely dedicated to what they think is right Mm. that they just forget the, the, I don't know, the gray area, I guess, or like remembering that even in the gray area or the things that we don't understand, that's like where God is still present, you Mm -hmm. know, and remembering just, it's okay if I don't have it figured out, I can still rest in my own process of discovery and process of learning, okay, what's it really mean to be loved by my creator and if it's true how will that cause me to react to life and how will it cause me to interact with every other living organism you know and even non like how am i conducting myself and what are my motives and what's my actual like desire like what are we really longing for Mm -hmm. you know have you seen the documentary Happy People? I'm not, no. It's about trappers that live in the taiga in Russia. Okay. And so it's, they spend their whole, like the few warm months they have preparing for the trapping season in the winter to catch sables. And the, the, tr- the tools and things that they use are very like primitive and traditional. Mm. And it's insane. Because they're so content and there's, it's like a totally different world. They're outside of technology. Like they don't even have a grasp of what's going on in the rest of the world because they catch their sables and sell them so that they can feed their families and go back and like provide food and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it's, they're so fulfilled in that simplistic nature, you know, and it's such a wild documentary to watch living as a first world person that has everything at my fingertips like 
anything I could want. I could get it delivered, you know, or like just it's it's such a hefty reminder to me that there's that, happiness and simplicity. Yeah. That there's, there's joy and simplicity. There's real contentment to be yeah. found outside of what culture is telling me I need. That's right. Constantly. Yeah. You know, you know I mean, it's um, kind of popular economic wisdom is that the more options, the better. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, the more options, the more likely you are to buy. The more likely you are to be happy with what you buy because you have more things. You can choose what, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And what a hefty... Um, it's like a... It's but it's a, a burden. Low, it's a yeah, load. It's such it's a, a burden. It's a burden, yeah. I mean... That's why we're to, all so indecisive. Yeah, go to the store looking for jeans and there's 700 options, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, I mean, I... It, it just not... Yeah, I, I don't... I do not believe that that is true wisdom mm. um i i don't believe that that is um that's the right move you know yeah i think that i i do truly believe that there's um i'm not always very good at it but um that in the sort of letting go mm. and um And the simplicity. Yeah. You know, the other day I, um, these are super funny words, but I, I was reading back through an old journal and I found this, uh, phrase. I was like, that's the weirdest. It's so fun. <laughs> but I said, I wrote in the, I wrote in like, you know, big letters, like, regress into the anti-legend. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I thought about, I've been thinking about that, like, because the belief is that progression, like we're, we're progress, right. Is the way forward. And mm -hmm. I was, I've been feeling like, no, actually, like, I believe that happiness is probably in regression. Yeah, like in, mm. in, in, in some sense going backward right now, obviously that is a kind of depending on who you talk to, maybe loaded, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm meaning like, I don't know if it's fulfilling to constantly be on the edge of the next thing. Mm. Um, but rather to be satisfied with yeah. the thing you have right or whatever right that there's like a sense of regression that i it's like uh i'm not subscribing to the the idea that progress is like if it's new it's better um that, right. pro that progress is right um but also the sense of the legend right that like my life is to be this memorable like that i need to Legacy. i need to like yeah i have to like find out like go after all these kind of big things and success and progress and innovation and and you know, more money more power more mm -hmm. more notoriety more da -da 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 -da, that it's that because that's the prevailing narrative yeah right as uh, that the progress and more and etc that that's the kind of prevailing sense of um being for people and my sense was actually that it's the other way around, that in order to find contentment, it's the anti-legend. It's actually to disappear and it's not to progress, but to actually regress. It's actually to go mm. to some sense, um, reject progression and, 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 um, it's yeah. the, the words that come to mind for me hearing you say this, or this idea of like rest in humility mm. in realizing that sometimes there's more, it takes more courage to practice contentment 
than it does to practice conquer like conquering and achieving, mm-hmm. you know, because I think we so often get caught up in this idea of success being like more, 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 you know, yeah. always gaining more and forgetting that so often success is just still, just be still. Sure. And be content exactly and where you are, realizing that you are so well sustained. Yeah. Exactly as you are, right where you are, you know? Yeah. Man. Wow, dude. We've been yeah. talking for about 53 minutes now. Oh, no. So we've got to conclude here very soon. Sure, sure. So what final thoughts do you have for the lovely listeners of Oops, I Miss Church? Regress into the anti-legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a... Yeah, no, we're, I like we're, it, <laughs> We'll roll with it. Oh, gosh. Patrick, thank you so much for finally being my guest. Yeah, man, yeah for sure. I've I mean, John ever since I met you. Yeah, it's been, you know, I don't know. What was that? Was that probably 2019 when you invited me? I don't know when we saw that. Anyway. Yeah, 2018 or 19. Yeah, well, then, no, whenever you invited me the first time, because we met before that. But okay, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, I'll sh- be again. Show. I'll yeah, be again. Dude. And now it's a podcast, too. So this could be a, Multi- now every conversation now has the eternity of a podcast. Yeah, multiple platforms. Right. Yeah, we're growing, folks. It's 2022. <laughs> hey, scale. That's that's the only the only way to be content is Get to bigger scale. And bigger and better. <laughs> Actually, wow. After this conversation, we're going to shorten it to a one-hour radio show. <laughs> we're actually going delete, to the delete the podcast. We're done. Yeah. That's right. Oh, man. We're only going to be pressing this on cassette now. <laughs> <laughs> I do have this cool cassette recorder over here. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Uh, all right. Patrick, thank you so much. Hey, man, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, it's an honor. I really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, have a lovely Sunday.